Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Hi and uh, welcome everyone. It's a very special time of the year for us as Christians and um, has been also for for Jewish uh, believers in Yahweh throughout the, the ages. Uh, it's a time of Passover, a time of remembering the time of slavery in Egypt and how God brought us out um, into and, and, and to the promised land. And um, it's a very special time uh, and, and a time that we believe that is ultimately fulfilled in Jesus as the ultimate Passover lamb. It's also a very special time or has always been a very special time around family and family time sitting together, having a meal together celebrating the Passover together. The Passover was intended initially to be celebrated in a, in a family context. And uh, then also um, having discussions with your children about what it, about what it means. And uh, our family has uh, sometimes celebrated the Passover. There are wonderful uh, sort of Passover cedars for, for, for Christians online. So you can go and Google it and, and find uh, sort of the the order of of the ceremony if i can call it that of the passover how it was done uh how the meal was done how the different cups the four different cups that were that were were drank um and uh how how they were done what prayers were prayed and what what they mean so you you can go and look all of that up uh, for yourself if you'd like to and 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 celebrate it that way with your family Uh, and we believe that jesus fulfilled all of that and this today i just want to have a look with you at some of the scriptures uh, just on a very basic level and what the passover is and what it means to us as as christians particularly so i'm going to go through uh exodus chapter 12 sort of the first 30 verses or so uh, and just do sort of a running commentary just explain a few basic things about the passover in case you want to go through that with your with your family and with your children and um answer a few of the questions and then i'm going to share just very briefly a few themes of the passover and how it relates to us and and why it's important to us uh at this time so i'm going to open for us in prayer and then uh, just read exodus 12 father we just want to thank you lord for this time that we can celebrate this time of passover as a time at which you not only remembered your people and their suffering uh their oppression their slavery but where you also came to save your people Uh, and thank you that we can celebrate salvation during this time and we we pray lord that that you will open up our hearts open up our ears and our eyes to really see the significance of of this time and to be able to celebrate it with our families Uh, we pray lord that that as we see it lord that you will also be glorified lord that that we'll see you as the god of our salvation that we'll see you anew as the god of of compassion who comes to save us in jesus name amen so exodus 12 from verse 1 it says the lord said to moses and aaron in egypt this month is to be for you the first month the first month of your year and it's interesting before that the month of the sun in which uh the passover took place was not the first month of the year uh, but but from that time onwards, the Jews started counting it as, counting it as the first month of the year. And the reason, one of the reasons at least why God does this is just to show that this is the quintessential new beginning for the children of Israel, for the people of God. It's, it's an it's a absolute new beginning and, and we should cel- celebrate it as such. 
goes on in verse 3 and says, Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, the month of Nisan, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, uh, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. So, basically just showing us that the Passover from the beginning, from the first time it was instituted, uh, just before uh, the Exodus, just before Israel, the Israelites were led by Moses um, out of Egypt through the, the Red Sea and to, towards the, through the desert to the Promised Land. It was intended to be celebrated in family context, as a household. It goes on in verse 5 and says, The animals uh, you are to choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Um, and what we see here is that this, this, these lambs um, must be male, and they must be without defect. And, and obviously we can see very clearly there that Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment for, for them because he's the, uh, as John the Baptist says in John 1, uh, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's the, the Lamb without any defect. He's the only person ever who had no sin, in other words, who had no defect. So he's the only person ever who could fulfill this imagery of a Lamb without defect. Um, it goes on in verse 6 and says, Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, uh, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Interesting there, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the 10th of Nisan. If you go and read John's Gospel and, and the other Gospels as well, uh, you can do the calculations and, and you'll see that he rode into Jerusalem. Uh, the triumphal entry, as it's often called, was on the, the, the 10th of Nisan. And then he spent a lot of time in the temple, the so-called house of God, until the 14th on which uh, date Jesus was Crucified, just as the Passover lamb was slaughtered on the on the 14th. Now, um, why they had to keep the, the the lambs for for 10 days is so that they could in the house inspect them and make sure that they are without fault or or blemish. And likewise, Jesus every day between the 14th of the sun and uh, uh, sorry the 10th of the sun and the 14th went to the temple so they could be inspected. And that if you read that, that those accounts in the Gospels, you see it's when the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and the teachers of the law and so on really challenged Jesus and asked a lot of questions and and tried to catch him out. Uh, they inspected him and they found it ended up they found no fault with him and it culminates obviously with. Uh, Pontius Pilate himself saying, I find no fault with him. So that he is the ultimate fulfillment of this lamb uh, without blemish. And then it says slaughtered, uh, they are to be slaughtered uh, at twilight. Uh, some commentators say this literally in the Hebrew means between the, the evenings, um, which would uh, by some accounts be at around three o'clock. Um, you know, where you, where you were between the the, 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 the afternoon and evening uh, ablation or sacrifice, uh, and that is exactly the time when Jesus was crucified. When Jesus actually died, um, it says in the Gospels on the ninth hour. Now, remember the uh, the Jewish uh, people started counting their day at sunrise around six o'clock. So, six o'clock plus nine hours would be three o'clock, which is exactly which is the time that Jesus breathed his last, which was also exactly the time when the Passover lamb had to be slaughtered. Verse 7 says, uh, Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and top of the door frames of the house 
where they eat the lamb. You know, let's take the, the blood uh, and they, they took a, a piece of hyssop, which was a bitter tasting herb, uh, a few sticks uh, and br- branches uh, of hyssop. They dipped it, uh, it into, the, into the blood in the basin that came from the lamb and then they painted it on the top and the sides of, of, of the doorposts. Uh, so that it, in a sense, made a cross, you know, from top to bottom and from side to side. Um, and, and already, right at the beginning, God was putting that imagery of the cross and the blood that would be shed on the cross um, in, um, in, in the Passover. And then it says, uh, verse 8, That same night they are to eat the, the meat roasted over a fire uh, along with bitter herbs uh, and bread made without yeast. Um, unleavened bread and that's why the the the, the festival of, of Passover is, is, is also um, a lot, goes along with the feast of unleavened bread but it's interesting what they would do is they take the lamb they'd slaughter the lamb skin it uh, they drain the blood um, that blood that they drained in the basin was what they would take and paint on the doorposts and then what they do is they they take the lamb and, and, and basically make a, a take two pieces of wood like this and tie them together like a cross uh, and and then they they tie the the four limbs of of the lamb to the top part of the cross and 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 the body the 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 other part here would would go along the spine so so that the the the, the lamb was literally tied to a cross as it were again the the symbolism was already there um preparing for for a couple of hundred or or, uh, or so years later uh, when Jesus was crucified to f- to fulfill that that imagery, and then they they basically spit bry the lamb over and, and roast it, and it says it goes on to say um, in verse nine, do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roasted, um, but roast it over a fire uh, with the head, legs, and internal organs, and and what they would do is that they they'd roast everything, so even even the internal organs that they took out, they 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 you know turn it around the head and it, it's it's almost you know a picture of of jesus you know with a with a crown of thorns around his head um and 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 being roasted in fire uh represents fire often represents uh in in the bible the the, the wrath and the judgment of god and how jesus was basically the lamb of god that was crucified just like this lamb on a piece of wood uh with a crown of thorns around his head and how he was basically how he basically experienced the fire of god's judgment on our behalf um fulfilling the passover prophecy verse 10 says do not leave any of it until morning if some is left till morning you must burn it in other words the Passover lamb must be fully con- and, and completely consumed. And likewise, we must receive all of Jesus. The imagery there is that we must leave n- none of Jesus, metaphorically speaking, uneaten, uh, uneaten, unconsumed. We must receive all of Jesus for us. Verse 11 says, uh, This is how you are to eat it. With your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. In other words... The Passover um, and its fulfillment in Jesus is not the end of the journey. It's actually the beginning of a journey where we must eat it and celebrate the beginning of a journey from slavery in Egypt to the promised land, from slavery to the world, which Egypt represents for us, to um, one day when we are, when we are um, in, in God's presence in, um, in heaven or in the new heaven and the new earth. 
Then he goes on to say, On the same night I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals. I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. And then, in other words, this is a time of judgment. Uh, God, God says, I'm bringing judgment on Egypt, judgment on the world. And and the firstborn was the representative of a family. The, the, the firstborn was, was, was the ideal or stereotypical representative of a family. In other words, someone had to die on behalf of each family. Um, some firstborn of both people and animals had to die um, in God's judgment. Uh, and the judgment obviously comes because there's sin. And, and, and notice here that even the Israelites are in danger of judgment because the Israelites are as much sinners as the Egyptians are. It's not like the Israelites were somehow more moral or better people than the Egyptians were. Uh, they were also sinners. They were also in danger of judgment. They also deserved judgment. The only reason it goes on to say in verse 13 that the judgment will pass over them is because of the blood of the Lamb. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. In other words, if it were not for the blood, you also would be judged because you also deserve judgment. But because of the blood of the lamb, the lamb basically who died in your place, as it were, as a substitute for you, and the blood as a sign on the doorposts, I will pass over you. God, the Lord says, I'm passing through Egypt to bring judgment, but I will pass over you and cover you basically in my wings, and you will not be, uh, receive the judgment that you deserve. And, and interestingly enough, Egyptians at that stage were also free to come and join the Israelites, enter into their homes and, and receive the protection that, that were offered to the Israelites at that time. Verse 14 says, um, this is a day you are to commemorate. Uh, for the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. For seven days you are to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, remove the yeast from your, from your houses. Uh, for whoever eats anything with yeast in it from the first day until the seventh day must be cut off from Israel. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly and another one on the seventh day. Do not work at all on these days except to prepare food for yourselves, for everyone to eat. That is all you may do. So a lot of things, yeah, it, it must be celebrated from generation to generation. So it's not only for the generation who experienced the Exodus and the, and, and the original Passover, but for every, every year annually, uh, for every generation after that, <clears throat> to remember how God brought us out of slavery. Also, uh, yeast is removed. Yeast often represents sin and corruption, and that must be removed um, and, and, and then it says, no work is to be done. Because, just to celebrate the fact that all the work that is done is done by God. The work of judgment and the work of protecting and saving from judgment. The work of, of setting God's people free. All of it is done by God. And we just have to rest in the work that God does. Verse 17 goes on and says, celebrate the feast of unleavened bread because... It was on this very day that I brought you, uh, brought your divisions out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. In the first month, you are to eat bread made uh, without yeast. From the evening of the 14th day until the, the evening of the 21st day. For seven days, no yeast is to be found in your houses. And any anyone 
whether foreigner or native born, you see foreigners could also join themselves, like the Egyptians. Foreigners could join themselves to the Israelites at this time. Uh, whether foreigners or native born uh, who eats anything with yeast in it must be cut off from the community of Israel. Eat nothing made with yeast. Uh, wherever you live, you must eat unleavened bread. Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animal uh, for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood in the basin, and put some of the blood on the top and both sides of the doorframe. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe and will pass over the doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your house and strike you down. In other words, the judgment God will pass over us. In other words, the judgment that, that is deserved will not be received. In other words, it talks about mercy in the midst of judgment. That's, that's what Passover celebrates and what communion celebrates as well. Verse 24 goes on, Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you, as, as He promised, um, observe the ceremony. And when your children ask you, What does the ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, It is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our houses when He struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshipped. The Israelites did just as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. In other words, um, it's also a time when, when the children are supposed to given, be given the opportunity to ask questions and where we as, as parents can explain uh, this, this to them, um, how, what it means, what God did, and how it's fulfilled ultimately in, in Jesus Christ and, and the Lord's Supper. Verse 29 goes on, At midnight the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on the throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner, who was in the dungeon, and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night, and there was a loud wailing in Egypt, for there was not a house without someone dead. So severe judgment that came upon um, Egypt at that time. And a representative, the firstborn of each household, um, basically being struck um, as representatives. Even there, already you see the mercy of God, because it was actually everyone that deserved God's judgment at that time. Everyone had sinned against God, uh, Egyptians, Israelites. But but even to the Egyptians, in, in, in whom's home the firstborn died, God did not strike everyone down. So already there's mercy where God says, you can allow a firstborn to stand in as a representative and take the punishment uh, that everyone actually deserves. So really, um, even to the, to the Egyptians, there's mercy in the judgment. But even more so to the Israelites who slaughtered the Passover lamb and painted the blood of the Passover lamb on the doorposts. So I just want to uh, read one other scripture. You, you're welcome to go through these 30 verses or so with your family and explain it to them and ask questions around that. I just want to ask, I just want to read one other um, passage in Deuteronomy 6 from verse 20 to about uh, verse 23. 
and just say one or two things about it. Just highlight a few themes of Passover that I think you'll find very helpful and, and, and powerful. It says, Deuteronomy 6 verse 20, in, in the future, when your son asks you, what is the meaning of, uh, of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him, we were slaves in, of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on earth to our ancestors. So God brings us out of slavery uh, in Egypt, which represents the world, from under Pharaoh's oppression, Pharaoh representing the devil, uh, out of there, he brings us out in order to bring us in to the promised land, the place uh, of his salvation, the place that, that he has promised us. But what I want you to especially to notice, it says when you, your, um, now remember Deuteronomy was written after the Exodus, just before Israel entered the promised land, just before they crossed the Jordan. Now it's, they already went through the Red Sea. They'd already spent the, what was it, 40 years in the desert where the first generation, the adults of the Exodus um, generation had died out and their children, who were the second generation, were about to enter the promised land. And now these children, Moses says to them, you say to your children, the third generation, who had not experienced the Exodus at all, we are to say to them when they ask, what does it mean? We have to say, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt and the Lord brought us out. In other words, um, the amazing thing about this is that, that people, some of whom had not experienced firsthand the Exodus themselves, are supposed to say to their children who definitely did not experience um, the Exodus, who are then on their behalf supposed to say to their children years later, we were slaves um, in, uh, of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out. In other words, we, all of us. So, so this is not only a story that we tell according to, to the law of God, according to Deuteronomy 6. This is a story we participate in. So you and your children, you and your family, all of us, we participate in the Exodus. It's not just a story that we tell. It's a story we participate in. It's our story. In other words, just four things I want to highlight here very briefly. We were slaves. All of us are slaves of Pharaoh, slaves of the devil. We start off as slaves of the devil in Egypt, the world. Okay, None, it, We're born into slavery, basically. Then, um, the Lord does mighty signs. The Lord leads us out with a mighty hand, with signs and wonders. And, and specifically in Exodus uh, 12, it says, I will judge all the gods of Egypt. Each of the, tw of the, uh, of the ten plagues were aimed against one of the gods of Egypt. Uh, just as one example, um, the, the sun was darkened. The, the main god in Egypt was Amun-Ra, the sun god. And each of, of those, those plagues, you know, whether it was against you know, the, the blood of the Nile, uh, um, turning, uh, the, the water of the Nile turning to blood, the, the Nile was seen as, as the, the lifeblood of Osiris, the god of the underworld. And, and in other words, the, 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 the Nile, the water of the Nile turning to blood was basically God showing that he's more powerful than Osiris. The sun darkening was God showing he was more powerful than Amun-Ra and God judging all the gods of Egypt. Um, in other words, not only were we slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt, but we were slaves to the idols, the false gods of Egypt. And God judged those false gods. To set us free not only from Pharaoh, but from the false gods that we trusted in. The false gods of Egypt that we trusted in. 
Okay? Um, and then there's mercy in judgment. So we were slaves. Um, uh, God does wonders, judging the, the gods of Egypt and set us, us free from, from the idols. Uh, but he shows mercy in judgment. M- mercy in judgment. Um, in other words, the, the blood painted on the doorposts. Um, and different levels of mercy. Even the Egyptians experienced a, a certain level of mercy and judgment, but even more so the Israelites, the people of God, and even more so us as, as God's new covenant people, uh, where we know Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, our Passover Lamb who takes the judgment in our place, um, who basically was, was tied to the cross and, 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 and experienced the fire of God's judgment in our place so that we wouldn't have to. Then... Um, just interest for interest's sake, the hyssop, remember I said it's a bitter herb that was dipped into the basin of blood and, and, and painted onto the, the doorpost. Um, hyssop often, you can go read, for instance, Psalm 51, uh, represents repentance. Psalm 51 is David's prayer of repentance after he committed adultery with Bathsheba, and he, and he, and he mentions hyssop there as part of, of uh, as a symbol, basically, of repentance. In other words, the way in which we, we apply the the um, blood of the lamb, the Passover lamb, to the doorpost of our heart is through, I almost want to say, the bitter taste of repentance. We repent, and that's how we apply the, door, the blood to our hearts and, and to our families. And then the, 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 the fourth thing I want you, to, the fourth theme I want you to notice is that this feast, this, this, this meal that we eat, is a festival, a festival meal at the beginning of a journey. It starts a journey. And it's interesting how Jesus fulfills this. If you want to read the fulfillment of it, uh, read with your families in Luke chapter 22 from about verse 7 to about verse 23. Luke 22 verse 7 to, to 23. And it's interesting. Jesus there celebrates the Passover with his disciples. But one thing that you'll notice is that there is no Passover lamb present on the table as they're celebrating the Passover meal. Why is there no Passover lamb on the table? There's no Passover lamb on the table because the Passover lamb, Jesus, is sitting at the table preparing himself to be sacrificed for us and on our behalf. And so you can share with, you know, with your children if you have children in your family or you can meditate by yourself upon the reality that we were slaves. All of us, even the in other words, the story of the Exodus is a story that we live. The story of the Passover is a story that we participate in. Um, it represents our, it symbolizes our slavery to, 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 to the devil and to the, to the world. Um, we were slaves. We remember that we were slaves. Uh, we, we remember that God judged the gods of Egypt. He brought mighty plagues, which he protected us from, shelters us from, but against the gods of Egypt. Now, as he sets us free, um, not only from slavery, but from idolatry. Then he brings mercy and judgment. Jesus, the Passover lamb, fulfills it, protects, takes the judgment we deserve so that we can, we can go free. And then it's the beginning of a journey, the journey of our journey of salvation with God. And you might share with your children or meditate for yourself on what, what were you a slave of? Remember your slavery. Maybe even share with your children. What, what were you a slave of that God set you free from? A slave in the world. What, be, what, what, what were the idols that you were subject to that God conquered in your life? And how did they, he conquer them in your life? How did God show you mercy and judgment? And how is God at this time of both Passover uh, and, and especially in the, in the season of, uh, of COVID-19, how is God showing you mercy in the midst of judgment? And then finally, 
how how can you celebrate the fact that you're on a journey with God and words, you're not perfect yet yes you, you, you're getting rid of the yeast from your life as far as possible but but you're not perfect yet and and you're you're on a journey you're you're, you're in process you, you you're going from um, Egypt towards the promised land uh, and and it's a great opportunity for us as parents to share our testimonies with our children and give them opportunity to ask questions and to grow in their understanding and in their faith in the Lord as the as, as God our salvation and so just in closing I just want to eat this bread and drink this cup with you um, father god we just thank you lord for this bread the bread of passover the bread of affliction which jesus you ate on our behalf which represents your body which was broken for us so that we can be made whole thank you jesus that your body was broken on the cross and thank you that we can feed on you that we can um, receive you in, in the way that we receive this bread and receive healing, wholeness, salvation in your name. Let's eat together. And Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that this cup, the, the cup of Passover, also represents the new covenant in your blood, which was shed for us. Your blood, which washes away all our sins. Your blood, which makes atonement for our sins. Your blood as the the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb that was slain for us, that received the judgment of God, the fire of God's judgment on our behalf. And thank you that as we drink it, we can celebrate that our sins are forgiven and washed away and that we are made acceptable to come into the presence of the Father, that, that we can come and worship you as we are en route to the promised land. We just receive your, your blood. We receive your forgiveness. And we thank you for it, Jesus. Amen. Let's drink together. So I pray that the Lord will bless you during this time. Enjoy celebrating Passover together and remembering what the Lord has done for us. We were slaves in Egypt, of Pharaoh in Egypt. God judged the gods, the idols uh, that, were, that, that we were subject to and that we were in captive to. He showed us mercy uh, in the midst of His judgment through the, the blood of the Passover lamb. And he started taking us on a journey of freedom and liberation. Enjoy. May the Lord bless you all. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.